0: Small doses. Self-help from and the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small dose. And keeping it real. Small dose. me and Seals. It's so funky. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at us. Here podcasting. We did it. Yeah. I- um, so it's no secret that that I have people that have been contacting me, like, when are you going to do a podcast? And let me just tell y'all, that's like a really nice feeling for people to be like, we want to hear you talk ad nauseum just about whatever while we are doing other things in our life. Like, that really makes me feel good. So if you are cleaning or driving or breastfeeding and you're listening to me talk right now, I am just so glad that I could be a part of that. And um, also that my voice can help soothe your child's movement into this world as an adult. Uh, so this is a little show called Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use. Why did I call it that? Because I am a truth teller, except sometimes people really can't Take it. It's just too much. So sometimes you may need to take it in small doses. But this right here is basically self help from the hip. You know, I am, I like the jokes. I like the jokes, but I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like a sweetie pie. You know, if you want somebody who's going to tell you things about yourself and about life in like a very flowery, like really nice, sweet way, I wouldn't know who to point you to because I don't want to hear it from anybody who does that. But I am not the one to do that. But If you want to get some real shit, if you want to get some facts, if you want to, like, take a look at yourself for real for real, and if you even want to just hate listen to me and then send me messages about, like, why I'm wrong, this is the place to be. So welcome. It's very nice to have you here. And every podcast, we're going to have a theme. It's going to be based on one overarching concept that some or all of us are dealing with in some type of way. And at the end of this show, I will feel like... I would like to feel like I did my best to cover as many bases as possible to at least advance us from somewhere that we started in the beginning of the show to a better place by the end of the show. And if you want to listen to it, again, maybe I can advance you even further. So, this first episode, our theme is side effects of insecurity. Mm, mm, mm. So, I am on a show called Insecure. So, maybe that's why you guys are like, oh, you know, you would know a lot about insecurity. Actually, that is not why I would know a lot about insecurity. I know a lot about insecurity because I am a person in the world. <laughs> like, I'm a person in the world. If you are a person in the world, you know about insecurity. And then if you add certain elements to that, it's like bonuses. You know, it's like when you like get the ski ball in the top hole at Chuck E. Cheese and the, all the tickets come out and you're like, oh, my God, more insecurity. So that's what it's like when you're a person in the world and then you're a woman. It's like, oh, my God, more tickets, more insecurity. And then you're a black woman and it's like, oh, my God, more insecurity. And then you're a late bloomer. Oh, my God. More insecurity. And the fun part about being a late bloomer is that even if you are not a late bloomer and you're an early bloomer, you get, like, the same level of tickets. So it's a good time. So whether you were flat-chested or big-tittied at 12, either way, you won. So good for you. Good for you guys. All of us. Yes. So, you know, I think it was an important— topic to start with because I feel like a lot of us are dealing with it on different levels and it's not just a woman thing, you know, it's not just a guy thing, it's not a hetero thing, it's literally one of those things that everybody deals with in some certain space. It's just a matter of how we deal with it that really sets apart if we are going to be like as functioning and as healthy as possible in this world. So that's some of the stuff that I want to talk about on the show today, like how insecurity is being applied and how we are challenging it and how we are helping maybe others deal with it and and if we even need to be helping others deal with it too because that's the other thing it's like sometimes people just need to go through their own journey and you will kill yourself when you try and lead a horse to water and then like make it drink it's non-insecurity water um I know that's not really like how the idiom worked, but you got my drift, I'm sure. So we have some great segments that we're going to go through throughout the show, and you guys are going to take this ride with me, and it's going to be a good time, and by the end of this, you're just going to be so full, all your veins and your your capillaries and all of your system is just going to be invigorated with the knowledge, and that is the self-knowledge of small doses. Let's get into it. Jam dropping, jam dropping, jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. So, this first segment, uh, jam dropping, I'm always going to compare two things that are pretty close, but not quite the same. And things that I feel need some distinction, right? Because a lot of times I feel like people, I've learned this on the internets. The internets show you how people are really really thinking about things, guys, like for real. And it's interesting because you're in your own little bubble thinking like, yeah, this is like totally obvious. This is exactly what this is. And then you go on the Twitters and you're like, what? People think this about this? That's crazy. And then sometimes you're like, they're crazy. And then sometimes you're like, am I crazy? And that's always an interesting moment when people care so much or think so differently about something than you that you have to like have one of those like, look in the mirror moments, like, after you make out with somebody that you probably shouldn't have made out with, and you, like, look at yourself in the mirror, and you're just like, why did I, like, why? Like, why did I do that? His face was the size of a basketball. Not his head, his face. Just his face was the size of a basketball, and I... I made out with him and I can't take that back. And then you smear your lipstick and you sit in the shower because that's what you do. And then you listen to Fiona Apple. Like those are the things that happen when that happens. And sometimes I've had like internet moments happen where like I was like, wow, was I really that off-keyster that I have to go listen to Sarah McLachlan in the dark? In the arms of the angels. Remember that? Sarah McLachlan had a ride. And then she was talking about dogs. And then we never heard from her again. I don't know. I don't know what went down with that. But uh, I digress. (laughs) I digress. So in theme with insecurity, I want to talk about the difference between confidence and arrogance. Mm. Now, I think in this case, people are like, okay, those are two different things. But I think a lot of times, like, we know some things are different, but we can't necessarily, like— find the language to define it which also limits our ability to find the language to either challenge it or to combat it within ourselves and one of my goals is like helping to find language to help create change, because I just it seems like I'm pretty good with these damn words. Numbers, no. i if there's there is a dyslexia for numbers, I think it's called like calculexia or something or other. I absolutely have calculexia. Like I've missed flights because I've flipped numbers around for no reason. Now, when it comes to words, though, I mean, this is my shit, y'all. This is my space, me and the words. That's why I'm able to, like, memorize rap lyrics. Like, it's a capital i I'm fresh You see, It's just because it's, it's words. It's my thing. That was Snoop Dogg on G-Thing, by the way. Um, so confidence versus arrogance is something that we see a lot. I definitely see it a lot because I'm in an entertainment business where there's just a lot of narcissism in general. Also because, like, it kind of needs, like, people need it to even, like, survive in this business. But we also have a president who is absolutely suffering from one of those two things. Can you guess which one it is? Yeah. It's um it's arrogance. So let's start with confidence then. So confidence— is when you have the solid understanding of something or of yourself in a way that doesn't require proving to others why you have that solid understanding. That is what I consider confidence to be. When you're confident, it's a knowledge that you hold within yourself. It doesn't require explaining. It doesn't require breaking down to others. It doesn't require a dissertation text. It's a confidence that says, this is what it is. Lay it plain. It usually doesn't take a lot because it's clear. And the beauty of confidence is that it's not loud. It's like a quiet place that you exist in. It's peaceful. Confidence is peaceful. And that's why it's like a beautiful thing to have it because once you have that peace, it's one less thing to think about on your quest to whatever you're doing. So like when I was in gymnastics, you did things over and over and over and over again to gain the confidence to no longer have to worry about certain aspects of them. So then by the time that you had done them repetitively, You know, you'd worked out like bending your knees or straightening your legs or you'd worked out having your arms straight or you'd worked out having your head in a certain place. And now that you had worked that out and you didn't have to think about it anymore, you were confident that you could keep going forward and perfecting it and perfecting it and perfecting it. And in life, you know, we run out, we find ourselves doing similar things or we're in situations repetitively, you know, and we're tweaking and we're tweaking and we're tweaking. But as we get older, we've seen these situations more than once. And so we do gain a certain level of confidence of like, oh, I know how to deal with that this time. I know how to deal with that this time. Now I know how to deal with that this time. And so it's a beautiful thing when you can say to yourself, like, what am I confident about? What am I truly confident about? Which is something I want to task you guys with. Like while either you can pause right now or after the show, sit down and think about like, what are the things that I am truly confident about that I know I can do? Like for me, I know that I can sing the theme song to Darkwing Duck pretty solid. Darkwing Duck, when there's trouble, you call DW. Darkwing Duck, Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. You know, like, I was so sure about that that I just did it just now because I was peaceful. I didn't even question myself. I didn't even doubt it for a second. It was freeing, you guys. It was really, really freeing for my eight-year-old, 90s child, childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. What else am I confident about? I'm confident about speaking, right? So when it was time to do a podcast, like I didn't I didn't have the fear holding me back of like what you know what should I do it or not because I already knew in my heart like you're good at speaking, let's move forward with that. You're confident in it. What's trouble is when you don't have confidence in something, that's when fear sets in and that's when you have to really face like, okay, what is it that's keeping me from being confident about this? So confidence is about having a solid, quiet, peaceful understanding about something that has to do either with you or about you or around you. Arrogance has a different flavor. Arrogance is actually the complete opposite of confidence, but it's so close in relation that a lot of times we miss... Nomer it. A lot of times we will look at something that is arrogance and think, oh, that's confidence. And then it bites us in the ass. I think a lot of us, especially women who are dating men, absolutely know about that. Because you'll see a guy approach you and you'll be like, oh, he's confident. He's coming over to me and he's asking for my number. He's confident. He's sure of himself. But sometimes what that really is, is arrogance because he came over to you and had no question in his mind that he would get that number. And that's, that's, Sometimes that's the arrogance talking because what it really is, arrogance, is an overexpression of false confidence in order to mask an actual very loud insecurity. A lot of times when people are being arrogant, you you see it because you're like, why are you doing so much? You're doing like all of the most right now. You're doing a whole thing that you don't need to do, which is that. Please stop. And, you know, you see it a lot of times in like, I just had a flashback to prom, you know, just, just seeing, just seeing people dance, just in a way that's like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you trying to shut down other people dancing to be like, look at me! Look at me! Look at me! It's an arrogance and it's like, that look at me isn't really about you wanting to share a moment with people. It's really about you being like, I need approval because I don't approve of myself. I'm lacking the confidence to stand over in this corner and do my thing. Um, and I'm lacking the confidence to even just do what I'm doing and if people watch, they watch, and if they don't, they don't. Arrogance is scary because arrogance to me, coming from the place of insecurity, can be a mask that you never that you may not necessarily even know how to take off. And I find myself really working to not let confidence look like arrogance because sometimes it can. You know, sometimes it's just like you want people to know that you're sure of yourself, but. If you're too expressive about that, sometimes it can feel like you're, you're really like trying to prove to them like, no, I'm sure of myself, I'm sure of myself. And that's where the insecurity comes in and that's where the arrogance comes in. I know that this may sound a bit confusing because I'm working through it in my head. Um, but the reality is that when we have insecurity, we let it take over in spaces that it has no place. And a lot of times insecurity, it isn't even something that came from within us. It's something that came from with from outside of us. So when you're confident, you have the ability to take things in or let things out, but you know the solidity of your of your framework. And so those things don't affect you unless you let them. When you're arrogant, you don't let anything in because you don't feel like you need anything to get in. Because if it does, it's probably going to burst that bubble that you have made up around you to pretend to be what you really aren't. And when we're dealing with arrogant people, I feel like it's always kind of a catch-22 because you feel like, damn, like I don't want to burst their bubble because that feels like nasty. But then on the other hand, you're like, I'm just not going to receive being treated as less than by somebody who clearly doesn't even truly love themselves. And I find myself just trying to figure that out on a regular basis, especially dealing with guys and trying to learn the difference between like when is someone being confident and when is someone being arrogant. It can take a little time. It can take a little time, but I've seen it show up in a couple ways. Uh, one of the ways I've seen it showing up is <laughs> in bed. You know, if someone is like really like, yeah, I'm 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 popping, I'm the best. Typically they are not. Uh, usually between the sheets is a Quiet confidence that is expressed just there between the sheets. Any man I have ever met who was like, "I'm that dude. I have got it." Did absolutely did not have it. They were either a fast pumper, pop 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 pop. They're, that's not helpful for anybody. Or they were a beater upper, bop bop bop, and it's like, I. This is a vagina. Like it's. It's not the face of the bully who stole your chicken McNuggets every day in seventh grade. Please be gentle. It's and, and or or you have the guys who are saying all of this, and it's like, But you have a small penis, which I wouldn't even necessarily give a damn about. But because you made such a big freaking deal about this, now I feel like I have to call out the fact that you have a fun size Snickers. And what am I supposed to really do with that? I wasn't going to be impolite, but you were so goddamn arrogant about it and tried to make me feel like I was supposed to show up for something. Then now I feel funny style. And now I got to let you know. And I've been told, like, why do you have to make it awkward? Because they made it awkward. Because their arrogance made it awkward. And now here we are. So there's that. So confidence versus arrogance. Listen, be confident. Figure out what you're confident about. Live in that. The stuff that you're not confident about, work on that. If you feel like you're in a place where you're so confident about something that you don't need to listen to nobody, guess what? You've crossed over into arrogance. Come on back. DMT we're serving it alright so this next segment is called DMT that's says in T-E-M Hey, honey. This is a segment where we are taking questions from my DMs. And just in case you were missing what we did there with that double entendre, DMT is also a very highly potent drug that makes you think very introspectively about you and yourself. And apparently your body naturally releases it when you're dying. However, some people like to just take it leisurely while they're living. And that is crazy. Not judging, just saying couldn't be me. Um, so, anyways, DMT is all about y'all. You ask me your questions, I give you some answers. The theme this week is insecurity. Now, Yaz Debbie asks: How do you approach an issue where a close friend is displaying insecure behavior without coming for them? Do you even approach the issue? Behaviors, for example, acting paranoid, snarky comments, assuming you're doing and saying all these terrible things that you're not. Thank you. Mm. well here's the thing Yaz I mean there's a way to kind of go to the root of that I feel before you have to come for them because the natural instinct is to be like bitch I'm not doing that (laughs) that's the natural instinct Um, but it seems like right here in this question you've already kind of circumnavigated that and gotten to the root which is that it's not really a personal attack on you but it's probably a reflection of something deeper going on so you know in friendship you get the opportunity to ask someone a deeper question than maybe someone who is just observing on the outside would be able to. As a friend, you can be like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Like legit, what's going on? Because, you know, you're saying things to me that make me uncomfortable and I'm not doing those things. And I feel like you know, I can be a friend to you in, in another way. And I would love to know, like, if there's anything bothering you or if there's anything frustrating you or what. And listen, sometimes people open up to you right then and there. They may have been waiting for you to ask that question for weeks. And then it's like, <laughs> I just, I feel like I don't know what my life is going. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you can tell them about the Saturn returns if they're between 28 and 31, because that is basically why they are not knowing what to do with their life that's another show though. Um, But I think that the beauty of this question that you're asking is that, like I said, you've removed yourself from taking it personal, which is something we're all trying to work on, right? Like not taking things personal. How do you get to the bottom of it? You ask the friend if she responds and, you know, tells you what's up right there. Great. If she's still like defensive, you know, you can wait it out a little bit, but the other thing is that people's behaviors, whether they're legit or not, can be toxic to your life too. So if they're being insecure in a way that is re- like kind of crossing over into affecting your level of security in your space, I'm not saying you got to cut somebody off, but it may be just a distance creation kind of thing. So that's how you deal with that, in my opinion. Right here from Small Doses. go into a next question. Can you be confident and insecure at the same time? What is that called? I feel like you could make up a funny name for it if there isn't one. (laughs) Conficure? Um, Of course, because you can be confident about certain things and insecure about certain things at the same time. I mean, I guess if you're saying about like one thing, can you be confident about something and insecure about something at the same time? I think there's a certain level of like, just like human based nervousness that I wouldn't necessarily call insecurity. Like, I'm confident as a comic, but there are certain shows where I'm, like, kind of nervous, you know? Or I'm anxious about, like, making it happen and getting it done. And it's not that I'm lacking a secure peacefulness about my ability to do it. It's more so just the... Grandeur of the moment. And you know, your body releases all different types of chemicals related to different things, right? So sometimes it's like your body is releasing adrenaline related to one thing, and that adrenaline can be like what's making you nervous, but it can also be releasing like endorphins related to your happiness about doing something. So those two things can coincide in the same body at the same time. So why can't confidence and insecurity? I mean, it's just a matter of how much of each. Is in that cocktail. Because at a certain point, if there's too much insecurity, you really aren't confident and you're lying to yourself. And then you got to have a whole other conversation. I'm going to think about that word though. Conficure, insufficient. I don't, mm. You may have stumped me, which doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often, naturally, Mandy. But you know, I do love that your name is Mandy. Right, Bo? Um, all right, we have a question from Anastasia Andre. If I'm questioning every man's true motives when dating me, does that mean I'm insecure? That means you're smart. Um, shit. I mean, also it's like I don't know your past. You know, like I don't know your history. I don't know your experience. Like, if you've had a lot of like diabolical dudes, then it's only natural that you would be questioning. Like, is this another? Which means that you're not even necessarily questioning them as much as you're questioning yourself and your decision-making and, like, how clear you are on what is what when you are choosing a partner. And that's fair. Like, I'm insecure about my ability to choose, like, good dudes because I have no proof that I am good at that. (laughs) So, like, I can choose good friends I can choose good shoes. I chose a great cat. When it comes to dudes, mm, my track record is just it's it's trash. It is really piss poor. This is where I would insert a baseball analogy. However, I feel like are the Indians, are the Cleveland Indians are they are they a good team? They're not, right? So I'm like the Cleveland Indians of uh choosing good dudes. So I find insecurity in my ability to do that, which makes me question and, you know, sidestep and kind of look into things in a way that may seem counterproductive, but in my mind it's more so just like trying to stay vigilant. Um, so I, I'd have to low I'd have to know a little bit more about your background and if you've had like a series of situations. But in general, like we just live in this world now where insecurity um when it comes to dating. I feel is natural because we have like all these apps now and we have all these like spaces where people can just not be who they say they are. So it creates this like sense of concern and paranoia naturally. Like once upon a time, the biggest concern that you may have had about the person you're seeing is like, are they fucking their secretary? They better not be fucking their secretary. Are they fucking their secretary? And then like you see their secretary and you're like, he's absolutely not fucking Susan. And then you were good about it. Like, that was that. But now it's like, shit, the secretary, that's nobody because you could be on Facebook. You can be on Instagram. You can be on Twitter. You can be on all of those sites with no one knowing. Or you can be on that site and have like a fake site. You can have your DMs. Like, there's just so many ways to hide your truth. And I know for me, that gives me anxiety about people. And it also is what has sparked me to be so truthful and so honest in an effort to kind of like attract to me what I would want. It's like, let me just give it into the universe so I can kind of bring it back. Like, I'm going to give my truth and I'm going to give my full frontal honesty so that maybe it'll, it'll in the law of attraction, attract to me somebody of the same nature. That's kind of like my theory with, with that. But... It's fair, dude, like how do you not how do you not have caution? I wouldn't necessarily call it insecurity. Like cuz insecurity to me is like in this in this instance, it would be you being like, "Well, I don't know if I deserve a dude that's not I don't know if I deserve a dude that is on point. I don't know if I deserve a guy that's gonna do me dirty, that's not gonna do, I don't know if I deserve a guy that's not gonna do me dirty. Like that's to me where insecurity lives. In this space, you being unsure, you being cautious, you have no reason to be secure unless some, to be secure about another person unless they are demonstrating for you a reason to be. I have a friend of mine, a comedian, Sydney Castillo, and I was like bent out of shape. Oh, Lord, bent out of shape about an individual who, by the way, I had no reason to be bent out of shape about in hindsight because he's just mediocre. But at the time I was like, Ooh. and Sydney was like, from now on, you cannot let yourself love somebody unless they have a plan. Unless they have a clear-cut rendering of where they see themselves, where they see you, and where they see y'all together. And unless you agree with that rendering. And when it boils down to it, what he was really saying is, don't let yourself get secure in some wobbly shit. Wait for something to get solid on a foundation before you secure yourself to it. So it makes sense that you would feel insecure about that, not necessarily about yourself. But that's my thoughts on that. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but the security is just in knowing that no matter what, whether any of these dudes are on point or doing you dirty, that you have the wherewithal to get past it, get over it, get through it, and get above it. To eventually find some shit that is not funny style, some shit that is accurately and truthfully what it presents itself to be. That's the goal, right? It's hard to get there. I ain't gonna lie to you. All right, so the the real main attraction. It's spelled the real, the real main attraction. What advice would you give to someone who is insecure about following their dreams? My biggest problem is not being disciplined, getting out of my own way, and staying focused on pursuing the dream. I would appreciate any advice that you can provide. So the question about that is actually a different question than you're asking. Because you're asking, what advice would you give to someone who is insecure about following their dreams? But then you list that your problems are not being disciplined, getting out of your own way, and staying focused. So the question becomes like, why are you doing all of these things to get in the way. Like, where does your true insecurity lie? Is it in that you don't feel like you're good enough to succeed at this dream? Is it feel? Is it that you're not sure if it will be prosperous enough? Because um, that's the real reason why you're not able to stay focused, why you're not staying disciplined, and why you're in your own way. It's because you, for some deep down reason, have decided that you don't deserve the dream that you're actually saying that you want your insecurity is rooted in something that's very real but that you haven't acknowledged yet and that's um that's a journey for you to really get real with yourself on because see that's the thing a lot of us don't want to get real with our real real with ourselves on what we're actually insecure about Because a lot of times we'll just blame it on the outside source. Like, well, no, it's because someone told me this or it's because I saw that. And that is real. Those things happen. But sometimes your insecurity is really just yours internally. And it's like, are you internalizing something outside that now has become a cancer within your dream? And how do you change that? You got to excise this shit and look at it. It's like when they take a cancer out of a body and they put it on the damn table. And then later they show you that was in your body. That was trying to take you out, and now it's out, so you can keep it moving. You got to figure out what that cancer is for you, and you got to take it out, which is looking at yourself in the mirror, hold it up, and be like, that's that's real, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be frustrating, and it's going to be confusing, and you might try and like throw it away, but it's going to come back, because it's real, and until you actually look at it for real, it's not going to truly be gone. So I know some people, like, it's about a fear of success. It's like, damn, if I get this dream that I'm going to be expected to, like, continue to keep producing this, do I think that I can do that? Do I think I have the wherewithal to continue to do that? Sometimes it's that fear of, like, stamina. Like, maybe I don't. You know, for me, I had an insecurity about fame. And just, like, would I be able to, like, still enjoy my life with fame hanging over my head? Because fame and celebrity are these things that, like, hang over your head. It's, like, outside of you. And it even creates insecurities that you didn't even know you had because now you have so many people coming at you with so much. And it takes stuff out of you and it asks stuff of you that you didn't even know that you were going to have to deal with. But... I was standing in my own way, I realized, because I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to sustain if the fame that is the byproduct of my hard work actually happened. And it wasn't until I like really faced myself and was like, you're like, you can handle it. And you're the one that's the problem. No one else is really in your way except for you, and you're in your own way because you're afraid that you won't be able to keep it up once it happens. Um, and it, it 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 makes you do different things. For you, it makes you not be disciplined, and it you know makes you not um pr- not follow through on things. For me, it was making me just like ignore behaviors that I knew were deleterious to my forward movement. Like, you know, you if you have an attitude right now, you going to burn a bridge. Why do you have attitude right now? And, <laughs> but it's like the defiance of like, cause I want to have an attitude. And it's like, you stop it. You're standing in your own way. Why? There's certain things that I would do just to sully my path. And I had to get really, really well with myself and my insecurities about what I was afraid to face, and um, and then you get real with yourself, and you're like, "Oh, okay, uh, that was that was difficult. I cried a lot. Wow, that was a lot of tears." Uh, <laughs> and then you get past it, and it hopefully opens doors for you because you've crossed the bridge, and now that baggage that you were carrying, you can let go, and now you can go and pursue your dreams. So, I hope to you that you you know, can take a moment to say like, okay, let me get to the real, 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 bottom of this. It might be something within you. might be something your daddy said. I don't know, but you got to find out because it's not about dealing with the byproducts of the insecurity. It's about dealing with what is causing it. So we have one more question. Um This is from a guy. He wrote me a dissertation, but I'm going to... Keep it short. He says, I'm 29. I'm queer. I'm a single dad. And I'm going through a divorce. Woo. Busy. I've only had three serious relationships in my 29 sparkling years on earth. You better call your years sparkling. They always come to an end due to the infidelity on my partner's part. Every time one of my partners would cheat on me, it would always make me question things about myself. Am I whack in bed? Am I not smart enough? Is it my body? But mainly, am I not attractive? My husband cheated pretty much our entire marriage, and I stayed around for my kid, then I finally left. And the guy before him not only cheated, but would say to me constantly that I should put up with his shit because I can't do any better than him. So I humbly ask, how does one overcome insecurity like this? Because I would like to start dating again, but I know I won't be ready to do that until I can overcome this. Um, chaperone poppy 1187, that is a, that is a, a a very real question because anytime you're in a relationship with somebody, it is absolutely very difficult to not take an outcome personal because it's so close to you. And it just seems like, well, how could this not be related to something I'm actually doing? But in these examples that you've given me, I feel like these are people who are just broken people and they just ended up in your mix. There was a post that I put on Instagram recently where I, it said, um, love didn't fail you. Somebody who didn't know how to love failed you. And that's a really hard thing to apply because you're like, no, 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 that that person failed me and I loved them. But I think it's actually kind of interesting that you've only had three relationships um, because, you know, there's people who have had a lot more and a lot more fails and your, your relationships all sound like they were very strong relationships, but I... I question, like, the insecurity that you're talking about. To me, it seems like it's maybe varied in these different relationships because it sounds like there's always something that's keeping you there and receiving this, like, negative treatment that has nothing to do with love and more to do with maybe not loving yourself. And so the question is not about, like, are you insecure about if these partners are right, but more so, like, what is it— That's within you right now that makes you feel like you don't deserve better. So like when that guy was cheating on you and telling you, you should put up with my shit because you're not going to get, you're not going to get any better. Like, did you believe him? Because if you stayed, there was a piece of you that believed him. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why did you believe him? Why did you let that go on? Same with the, with the, with the child. It's like, okay, I understand the value and like, I'm staying here for the kid. But. There's also something something to be said for the fact that you can be in a kid's life without ruining your own and without feeling like someone's taking advantage of your own. I hope you're able to still be connected to the child, even though you don't have to deal with the toxicity on the same level as, as you were dealing with with the father. But no one should treat anybody that way. No one should feel like it's okay to make a commitment and then go back on it and then tell somebody that they just got to deal with that. And no one should feel like they have to deal with that. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we need the money or we we need the we want the companionship or, you know, we want to be there for somebody else. And there's something very selfless in that. And I commend that. And I'm not even taking that away. But there's also something to be said for just knowing that people who treat people like that have their own insecurities and you can't let their actions affect your insecurity because that's what they're trying to do, and they're trying to create negatives in you to make them feel positive. You can't let it happen. You can't. So I hope that you're going to get back out there. I think that there's positive out here for all of us. I just think that there's a lot of bumps on the road, and those bumps can definitely make us feel insecure about ourselves, and the work is trying to not let those bumps create permanent dents. You know, you gotta beat them joints out. Take them to the Dominican spot up in the heights and have them beat it out for like twenty dollars. This is a real place. So thank you for all for your questions. I think it's so exciting when you guys send me these questions because it makes my brain work and it makes my heart work. And that combination is really uh, it's really necessary to continue to create good work, whether it's artistically or, you know, verbally. So, I hope you got some large doses of truth just now that you can apply to your everyday life. That, that one, one time. time. <laughs> and I tell y'all about a story that affected me. Because insecurity, some people think it like doesn't affect people that they see in the limelight, which is so wild to me because I feel like people in the limelight have like the most insecurity because i feel like they have the most eyes on them and so they have the most questioning that they're doing to themselves like am i am i really am i enough am i this am i am i doing too much am i doing too little am i pretty are my boobs how are my boobs are my boobs good are they good how are my boobs are my boobs good are they good wait is it but like the left one are my boobs right like i can't send a titty pic to a guy because my left boob always looks like it heard the phone ringing in the other room <laughs> So like I never can like take a picture like it's just all it always looks like it just hurt like it heard a siren you know or like the spaghetti was boiling over it's like I gotta get the blah. like that's what my left boob always looks like in a picture I have one good titty picture that i took uh 3 years ago it was just at the right angle the moon was like at the right trajectory and it was just really like all of the stars aligning and i've never sent it to anyone it's an archive photo um i'm i'm really that's really what i'm working towards in relationships just someone being worthy enough to receive this pristine titty photo that i took in 2000 and 13, uh, one night when I had gotten out of the shower and was like, oh, what? wait a minute, oh, I'm doing something tonight, yeah, I am, so we've got to unlock, if someone found my phone, like hacked my phone, like it would literally just be like pictures of my cat, screenshots, 37 attempts at a selfie, and this one titty photo, and I wouldn't even be mad, I'd be like, you deserve it, you win, you got it, it's yours. Um, but I, and so like, you know, that's my insecurity about that. Like I can't, because also if I sent a guy the the titty photo and they responded with like, cool, <laughs> my God. like my whole brain would explode and we'd have to get a new host for the podcast because I'd be dead. It'd be over. Like, I would have felt the DMT while I was heading out the door and it'd be a wrap. If a guy, in response to my boobs in their phone, sent me a thumbs up emoji, I would burn this whole shit down. You hear me? Like, to the ground, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Cause you, you know, I'm so like cautious. It's like, I'm so like, that I know that if I put myself out there in that way, I would require so much reassurance. Like, I would need a Langston Hughes-level poem um, with the correct forms of there and there and your and yours. And I would need, like, linguistics, you know, just iambic pentameter. Not even a haiku. No, I want a full-on quatrain. Like, (sighs) titties so round, titties so brown. Let me lick you up and down. You know, like that's the level that I'm going for. So that's what I would need to quell my insecurity. I also have an insecurity. I used to have an insecurity about my feet because when I was in high school, I heard my crush Scott Cunningham tell this other guy, Kenoris, hey, Amanda got k feet. And, yeah, that was all I needed to hear, to not wear open-toed shoes or flip-flops for two years. My mom, even for Christmas, got me a basket of, like, foot goodies. And it had a little note on it that said, love your feet. And it had, like, pumice stones and (laughs) scrubs and all kind of, like, nail polishes and manicure sets, pedicure sets, etc. And I was still just like, get this out of here. You know that my feet are haggard. Um... In that one second, like, I just never thought about my feet. And in that one second, all of a sudden, I felt like I had Frodo feet. Like, do you remember in Lord of the Rings? Like, Frodo's feet were Hooray, Z! Of course, he was the one chosen to carry the ring to Mordor. You had to have feet like that in order to make that quest. No one else could do that. No one else. That's why they're the only ones that made it. People think that. People think that the reason why Frodo and Sam made it is because they were these hardy, you know, hardy little. What, what? Why am I blanking on what Frodo was? Frodo Baggins. He was a hobbit. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Jesus, Rebecca, thank you for saving me right there. Yeah, so Frodo Baggins, like people think it's like, oh, they made it because he was a hearty little hobbit. And it's like, not just that. They had the proper tools. Their feet were massive. They were just massive planks just walking through Sauron's land like, I'm gonna handle this. These little bitch-ass feet of these other humans, they can't handle it. They're on horses. Like, <laughs> let's just go to Minas and end this. I know that this... This podcast has gone a really geek way just now, but sometimes that's going to happen because one thing I'm not insecure about is my geekdom. So eventually though, I got over the foot thing. And just to let you all know how that story ends, I have like multiple Instagram pages that have been started dedicated to my feet. How crazy is that. Like literally, like I have people that come in my DMs like beautiful feet. And what they've done is cropped me out of an entire photo. And it's just my feet. So I sent it to Scott Cunningham and he was like, oh, shit. Well, you know, you did grow into him. <laughs> Not I'm sorry. Not my bad. I was young. <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, you know, yeah you, you, you showed up. You got there eventually. Good for you, Seals. Good for you so thanks to Scott Um, before we get out of here I just we have a segment called people I I want to shout out somebody who fits our theme, and this uh, this week's people I like goes to Miss Jessamine Stanley. So Jessamine Stanley is a yogi who is just defying body image, right? And I think a lot of us, like when we think of yogis and yoga, we think of like really lean white girls in Lululemon, or we think of really lean Indian men dressed like Gandhi, like, and that's basically like where our space is. Or we think of just Julia Roberts in Eat Pray Love. Like, that's my frames of reference for yoga. Jessamine defies all of that and shows us that you don't need to have a certain kind of body to do yoga you just have to have a certain desire to want to get to your health most healthiest self and for her she's like listen I deal with body insecurity on a regular basis I mean I'm on Instagram of course I deal with body insecurity but she's like yoga has helped me to quell that and to sharpen that into confidence and she has a new book out right now that you can get your hands on and that book is called Everybody Yoga I had the opportunity. To to interview her at Chicago Ideas Week and just really talk about like how she got into yoga and how she continues to sustain in yoga. And it was really great just learning about her journey from being somebody who felt like she was being fat shamed on a regular basis to somebody who said, you know, I'm going to take it into my own hands and not be ashamed of my body, but instead like almost like go into the crevasse and like be more outward about her body as possible. So it went from covering up to like, no, I'm letting loose. I'm about to do this headstand on this beach in this bra and these shorts and y'all are going to rock with it. Um, so great spirit, great gal. Check her out, Jessamine Stanley. Her, body, her book is in stores, Every Body Yoga. And can we just give a round of applause for having a book in stores? It's not easy, y'all. And you can check her out on Instagram. Her Instagram is Jessamine, That's J-E-L. S-S-A-M-Y-N. So before we get out of here, I got to hit you with the last dose. So we've been talking about insecurity all day, right? We've been talking about insecurity on the podcast. Some of us face it in different ways. You know, sometimes like you might be a guy who doesn't have a job right now and you're insecure about your finances and instead of just telling like your significant other or somebody you're seeing like, Hey, my finances aren't where they are. Let's like find another option. You might feel insecure about saying that and then we'll just shut them out and not do anything at all. And I want to encourage you to just be honest. You know, there's, there's definitely something to be said for knowing where you are in your life and, and knowing what you're doing, but rarely are we in perfect situations. And when you're honest about your insecurities, a lot of times that opens up the ability to gain confidence eventually. Because insecurity is really about perspective, right? And the great part about perspective is that you may not be able to change others, but you can change your own. So for instance, like, as a woman, especially as a woman on television, like, there's just certain things that people kind of start to, like, expect from you that you don't even make a choice to expect. They expect you to be perfect. They expect you to have a certain level of appearance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you buy into that, and next thing you know, when you're not meeting that standard, you become insecure about, oh, my God, what are people going to think? So it's like even having food in your teeth. Like, we get insecure about, like, do I have food in my teeth? And it's like, You may not want food in your teeth, but if there is food in your teeth, like it's not that deep. You were just eating. Take it out. So I encourage everybody to take a look at what they are confident in. Double down on that. Take a look at what you're insecure in and explore why that is so you can get over the hump to get to a better place and get a dose of goodness and of peace and of truth. I'm Amanda Seals. This is Small Doses.